How good has the series been in the world? We started this six weeks ago, all the way back in the start of October. So first thing, where did October go? Seriously. It was like my month, it was my birthday in October. I don't even know where that went and gone. So I have the, uh, the privilege to finish up the series and leave you with some final thoughts this evening, which I'm pretty excited about, to be honest. So I'm going to have a, a quick recap of this series and what we've been going through, add some thoughts around this whole story of Daniel, uh, and then leave you with something to take away. How does that sound? Sound good? Cool. All right, let's get started. So we started the series with Beck Smith sharing on our identity and how we deal with the lines in our life. Uh, She built this from when Daniel was thrown into the lion's den and God shut the mouths of the lions and we were able and that we are able to do that in our our lives with the lions that we face. Too many L's. Metaphorically, of course, um, because if you're a trained lion tamer, please do let me know. I feel like you might be a handy person to know just in case anything goes wrong. Um, but honestly, like no joke, I was sitting on my couch listening to a sermon on the Life Church app, uh, and I actually jumped when she played that roaring lion noise. Like no joke, man. I was just like sitting chilling out. I was like, man, this is great. I oh, mean, good message, Bex. And then all of a sudden, I'm just like, oh gosh, what happened? Why is there a lion in my house? So ten out of ten for a memorable message, Bex. <laughs> uh, and then Rory uh, jumped in to take us through this next section, which was all around worship and what we should be worshiping. Uh, He took us through Daniel uh, and him not bowing down to King Nebuchadnezzar's statue and basically telling him to jog on. Uh, He reminded us to check that where we are putting our value, as it could be our work, our family, our friends, our studies, uh, but God should be at the top and should be worshipped above everything else. And if we worship these things of the world, we're eating, as Rory put it, a zucchini muffin, not a blueberry one remember that. (laughs) And God has so much more than the world can offer, so that blueberry muffin's a damn good one. And then Pastor Pastor Colbeck took us then through how Daniel had intimacy with God and how this sustained him through all the stuff he had to deal with. Uh, I mean, who can say that they were captured by an invading army, survived a den of hungry lions, and then to top it all, all off, get thrown in a furnace and survive that. So, I mean, he went through a lot. And this intimacy with God led, led to Daniel's obedience with God's plans in his life. Uh, and he challenged us to be people that others can't criticize or condemn for the things that we do. It reminds me of actually a story um, of a pastor of a, of a growing church. And the car parking situation was pretty chaotic outside his church as it was growing so rapidly. And some people were trying to leave church but getting really, really angry um, and really frustrated with people uh, and doing very unchristian things, let's say, in the car park of this church. So the next Sunday he got up from the pulpit and said, if you can't be a Christian in the car park, then don't bother coming back next week. Which I think, to be honest, a bit harsh, but it's a great reminder for us. That, uh, that we should be acting as Christ did through all of our days uh, of our lives. And Jono challenged us to prioritize our relationship with God and put him above all others. Then last week, Danielle spoke about the power of community that Daniel had around him. While he was going through all these trials, he had a little community of believers next to him, walking through the same things and supporting him. Now, I have a confession here to make family. Um, and you may may cause you to think less of me, but I, I've never watched an episode of VeggieTales. I know. I know, right? I know, like never. 
I've seen the characters and I know who they are, but never, ever seen an episode. So I don't know who Shad Mac and Benny were when she was talking about in her sermon, but I certainly know who Bob, Patrick, Squid, and Mr. Krabs are. (laughs) That aside, Danielle gave us a great reminder that we're all called to advance God's kingdom through our community and especially our local church. And we are able to draw strength from this community and thrive within it as well. So, now I get to add my sort of parting thoughts to this. It's, a, it's pretty simple and pretty straightforward, but uh, I think it's quite good. So, bold or boldness. What does this actually mean? Well, I googled it, uh, and Google told me that it is, the definition is showing a willingness to take risks, confident and courageous, with synonyms such as unafraid, fearless and brave, which I think is probably quite a good description of Daniel in, his, in the story. But man, Daniel was bold. I don't think you realize how bold he was. And you sort of have to get some context around the sort of world that he was living in to realize how bold he was and how big of a deal King Nebuchadnezzar was. Um, So basically, King Nebuchadnezzar ruled from 605 BC to 562 BC, which is a whole 43 years. Now, that may not seem very long because we've got Queen Elizabeth who has been ruling forever, but 43 years in that time was basically someone's lifespan. Like, that was the average age of someone, you know, moving on. Um, But he was the longest and most powerful ruler in the Neo-Babylonian Empire. And the next longest king after him ruled half his time at 21 years. And there was only a king in that job who lasted one year as well. And the empire was the largest in the Middle East during its height. And that was basically right in the middle of King Nebuchadnezzar's reign. So you can see on the map behind me, this is where uh, his kingdom reached. So basically on the far right-hand side is the Persian Gulf. And we're basically where the P of Persian is, that's Kuwait. And then basically from there, it goes all the way up into Iraq and into Uh, western Iran, then goes all the way up to the very top or the southern part of Turkey. Uh, Syria's in the middle there, and then it goes down through Jordan, uh, Jerusalem, oh sorry, um, not Jerusalem, um, Israel, and then onto the border with Egypt. Um, And I did see a map that he also included this island of Cyprus, um, but not in that one anyway. But it's actually an incredibly big land area. Can anyone actually take a guess on like square kilometers that this dude rolled over? Come on, give me a guess, Jeremiah. Lots. No, give me a number. Come on, something, a number. Guess. Anyone? No? How many? 200 square kilometers, Bryden. <laughs> well, you'll be, you'll be blown away. It was actually 920,000 square kilometers. So like 80,000 square kilometers off a million square kilometers. Like this was a significant chunk of land. To give you an idea, New Zealand, the whole square area of New Zealand is about 268,000. To sort of, like it's a couple of New Zealands, which is pretty crazy. And basically during this time, it was the seat of the modern empire or like of the modern world. He had obviously one of the largest armies because he had to look after 920,000 square kilometers of land. And he was legitimately the most powerful man in the Middle East at the time. And like Rory touched on his message, Daniel was just like, nah, I'm good, mate. Like, just carry on. I'm, I'm good doing my own thing. And he not only did it once, but he did it twice. He did it. He said to him, nah, I don't want to eat your food. I'm good. And then he said again, nah, I don't want to worship your statue. I'm fine. 
And the whole reason I've sort of given you this perspective is to give you some idea around the weight of the boldness that Daniel had to stand up to a guy like this. Like, he was of God status in the Middle East at the time. And the interesting thing to note that he wasn't actually, what he was pushing back on wasn't like personal preferences or anything like that. He wasn't like fussy either. He was like, nah, I just don't want to eat some of your food. It's a bit spicy. I don't enjoy the rice so much. Or like, nah, I don't want to worship your statue just because, I don't know, it just doesn't give me a good vibe. It's not very pretty. Like you didn't really design it well. Like all of these things that he were challenged on were the things that related to his faith in God. The reason he didn't eat the food because he believed that it was unclean. The reason he didn't worship the statue is because he knew there was a living God that was above everything and could control everything that was going on. Which means that Daniel had a very close and trusting relationship with his creator. And the challenge for us is, if Daniel is able to stand up to the most powerful man of his time, surely we can be unafraid to share our faith with our workmates, our friends, our classmates, or our family, right? He had numerous experiences of seeing God move in amazing ways as he began, uh, sorry, oh gosh, there, and, he, and had developed a deep relationship with God through prayer, worship, and community with others. And Daniel had a faith in God that could see him through all that was thrown at him. And as Jono touched on, he held close to his faith in an environment that was actively trying to get rid of it and make him worship something other than the God that he knew. And he was bold enough to stand up and stand his ground in the face of this. I see this as a great challenge for us in our world, especially at the moment as we begin to grapple with the fact that Christianity isn't actually at the center of the Western world anymore. For so long it was. It was right in the center. It was where all the power was. It was everything that controlled everything. But for a, and for a long time it was doing that, but it progressively it's been replaced and changed and, and moved away. But we as the Western Church are now trying to figure out how this looks. Like we were, we were the, the people who looked after all the power, and now we're sort of outside of the center, which is pretty crazy. But we should be bold and unafraid and open about our faith in this world. I mean, what do we have to lose? The message that we're sharing is love. That should speak to everyone, right? But we have to keep in mind that others aren't doing that. Some people in the capital C church aren't portraying the same message as us. And some people's experience of the church is, isn't of love, but a myriad of other things that are usually negative. But as followers of Christ, as followers of Christ we are called to be love and light in this world. This book of Daniel is a great guide for what we should be aiming for in this world. He sets an amazing example for us to follow through in our daily lives. We should be living above this world and be constantly in a heavenly mindset. As the book, and the book itself was actually written as an encouragement as for God's faithfulness to the Jews. That was the way it was used as when it was taught. And to stay true to their faith with God, even when they were going through all the stuff that they had to go through. And I hope this series has obviously been an encouragement to you as well. So Daniel knew five key things. Um, so if you take nothing else of tonight, if you've just looked up from your phone, because I said please pay attention to this but then please pay attention to these five things. Because I think I've sort of got it down to a, to a fine art. So first of all, he knew who he was and who he was to God. He knew what he was worshipping. He knew the importance of intimacy with God. And he knew the importance of community with other believers. And he knew, and he, sorry, was unafraid and bold with his faith. And 
I mean, if you're applying these five things to your every day, I mean, you're going to be growing closer to God, which is fantastic. That's what we should all be striving for. So as I um, invite the panel up, like I said, it's slightly different and slightly shorter than than usual because I really want to spend some time with these guys unpacking what this series has looked like because, I mean, we've been been through it for six weeks. It started at the start of October and all that sort of thing. But I encourage you to reabsorb this in, in the book of Daniel over the next week or so. It's pretty short, the book itself. It should only take 15, 20 minutes to get through. Have a, re- have a listen through the sermons if you've got time. They sh- are only about 15 minutes or so each. Um, but there's certainly some gems throughout that, which is awesome. And as we're sort of winding down towards the end of the year, looking towards next year, have a moment of reflection and think, have you done these five things? And maybe how you can improve on these five for next year. Set some goals. Write some stuff down. Put it somewhere you can see it. And I encourage you to keep building on what you already have established. And I challenge you to make a change, no matter how big or small. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you, Simon. Pleasure. Great. Well, this is our Life Talk panel. Um, if you haven't been here before, if you don't know how this works, what this is is a chance to carry on the conversation, but in a bit more of an interactive way. So... We have the phone. There should be a number on the screen behind me. So if you've got anything that you'd like us to talk about, maybe some questions you might want to ask Simon about what he spoke about or things you'd like to help lead the discussion in, feel free to text them through. Um, so with us, we have Simon. My name's Jono. We have our lead pastor, Ange, and we have Julia as well, our campus pastor from Selwyn, talk about this. Simon, man, thank you for what you shared. I just want to touch on a little bit around, you were talking about the boldness of Daniel um, and how standing up to King Nebuchadnezzar was such a big deal because um, of who he was. But Probably not a huge amount of us in our day-to-day lives are going to stand up to someone like that. So do, do you want to, and maybe you guys as well, share a little bit, maybe what, is, what does boldness look like to a 21st century person? Yeah, I think for, for me, with, all the, with the, the, the negative, I guess, press that the church sometimes gets, it's trying to, as you shared in your message, be as Christ-like as we can, being as loving to, to people as we can. And I think for me, it's, it's just the case of that I'm just who I am. I'm a, I'm a loving person and, and this is me. And the reason that I am this is because I have this faith. I, I'm a part of this community. I'm involved in this church sort of thing. So yeah. Hmm. Is that sort of, did I have that sort yeah. of answer? Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I think my biggest challenge in life and faith around boldness has been having the courage to share my faith with other people that, um, maybe I haven't built a lot of relationship with. So that's always been, for me, a real reach. And um, I think that comes down to, particularly in my earlier years in faith, it's always, I was always fearing that I didn't know enough and that if somebody asked questions, mm. I would do God a disservice right. by not being able to, to share properly. But I think what I've learned over the years is nobody can take away from your personal story. And if you feel like maybe you don't know enough of the word or, you're, you know, you're, you're feeling like you don't have enough courage to, to share or prophesy or something like that, you can't ever get away from the power of sharing your own story and who God is to you because you've always got the answers to those questions because it's your life. Um, but I think actually that can be the biggest step of courage that mm, you can take. Right, yeah. right. So one of the things that always really strikes me about when you read through Daniel, the way he interacts with Nebuchadnezzar, how he does say, hey, I'm actually not going to do what you've asked me to do, is that he always somehow still does it in an honoring way. Like, it's not like he's just, you know, 
trashing Nebuchadnezzar and, and treating him like scum. He's actually still giving him a lot of honor, and he doesn't disrespect him. Um, so I suppose I want to talk about that a little bit. How, how, do we, how can we do that um, in our society? How can we still stand up for, for what we believe? How can we live our faith without compromising it, stand, stand up for what's right and confront those things, but still do it in a way that's loving and not dishonoring to either people in leadership or people around us? Like, well, to be honest, I think that word loving is the key to it all because um, you can have a conviction, and I hope you do on your faith, you have a conviction that you st- want to stand firm on. Um, that's what helps us be bold. But if you don't love other people, then the way that it can come across can be quite harsh and judgmental uh, and sometimes prideful. So you've got to be in that place with God where ultimately the the biggest motivation for anything you're doing is love for other people and um, and that will come across in your conversations. If you first care about the person that you're sharing with, for example, and it might be in a workplace or something like that, maybe it's even with um, somebody who's an authority over you, um, it's, it, the, the whole thing about sharing your faith, it's not about trying to convince some, someone that you're right and they're wrong. It's about showing the love of Christ through your life. Mm-hmm. It's about sharing your life with them. It's about stepping out when you see a need. And, and I think that is the ultimate thing. If love precedes everything you do, mm. then, then it's not, it's not going to be taken wrong. Mm. Awesome. Um, I read a, a quote even just this afternoon, and it was along the lines of the more aware of the need I have in my life for grace, the more compassion I have for other people who are still working through stuff. Mm. And I was like, man, actually there's something, is, is we realise actually how much we need, you know, God's forgiveness and God's mercy and, mm. you know, strengthen within the, within our lives and it gives us so much more compassion mm. for other people when, when they're walking through things as well. And I think it's within that space that, that we can actually love and share out of as well. Yeah, yeah, totally. I just want to move on. Um, obviously tonight being the, as you mentioned, the last um, night in the series we've been doing. So I want to put it out to you guys. What has been sort of a, a key thing for you that you've taken away from these the series or what's been sort of the, the main, um, yeah, point or takeaway for you guys if you want to share on that? Yeah. I think for, for me through what I've been preparing tonight and being able to summarize everyone, I think the, the whole idea of what we're worshiping and what where God should be was super um, super good for me. It was, I mean, it's always a good reminder, but actually, um, you know, hearing that and being like, man, like that's that's the way it should be, and and checking myself and sort of doing a check and being like, actually, what am I valuing? What are, where am I putting my value compared to to God? You know, is He at the top? Um, so that was really good. And uh, the other one was the the idea around this whole community um, and being a part of a of a church community and. Mm. And that sort of thing has been sort of going through my mind quite a lot lately, which is really cool. And actually seeing the value in, in having a, a community and, and a church and, and seeing the communities that I've been a part of and seeing the people that have input it into my life and be like, man, I would be half the person that I am today if it wasn't for those people. So it's just, a, yeah, that was really cool. Um, I guess for me it was just the overarching theme of, of Daniel's life and the things he stepped out in and and when I think of that there are three things that have kind of impacted me about the way he went about things and firstly it was about his faith having it wasn't just a concept of faith he had a conviction that he could stand on that was the first thing and then he had total trust in God like God spoke to him and he did and that was the third thing was obedience so having those three things I think sets us up uh, in our faith that no matter what is going on in our lives no matter what opposition no matter what tries to trip us up, if we have those three things, conviction in our faith, 
trust in God and obedience to what he says, we're in the right place. Um, I think my takeaway was actually that there are significant opportunities to influence leadership on a massive level when God's hand is upon us and God's hand is with us. And to be able to influence nations is still the same God in the time of Daniel, the same same God is now. And I think to not be fearful of those opportunities, but Mm. to actually go, if God is with us, then we don't need to be ashamed of what God's doing. But let's actually trust and believe that you know who who are the who are the Nebuchadnezzar? Neb- oh my gosh, I can't say it. Uh, no, it's not. It's, it's not there. <laughs> yeah, like who who are those people within our worlds now? Yeah. And actually, yeah. what kind of influence can we be having in those spaces? Yeah, that was now definitely well. my takeaway as well. That sense of um, actually, the message we have is really powerful. Mm. And I, I know, I know, for me, I've always been insecure around actually oh, actually how, how powerful is it really you know like I know it's changed my life but actually how much of an impact is it going to make if I talk to someone else about it, if I share with someone else but you read through Daniel where not just with Nebuchadnezzar but the, the kings following him as well all had significant moments of of change and impact in their life um, you read through what Nebuchadnezzar had to go through and um, you know just Daniel best being as you said simply being obedient um, like one of the things I think, as I was reading through it um, over the series, there's a, there seems to be a really um, underlying theme of the eternal kingdom of God. And you read through the, the, um, the declarations, actually, that the kings make, either after Daniel has you know, revealed something or they've had a moment with God, they often use the language, God is an eternal God and his kingdom will last forever. They seem to have this realization of flip. I, you know, yes, I'm I'm the bee's knees. I rule a massive part of the kingdom of of the world, but God's kingdom is so much greater. Um, and actually, that's the, that that for me is sort of a flip. That's what people can come to understand when we're bold and we're sharing this faith. That actually God is eternal. God is powerful. Um, it's it's something that people are are actually craving. Um, and you see the the impact it makes not just to their lives, but the nations and the the you know, the, the legislations that they pass and, and all the amazing stuff, just the, I suppose, the opportunities, as you said, that, that we have before us to... Yeah, and I think that, um, I don't know, sometimes I think, well, I know for me anyway, I'll speak for me because I don't speak for everyone else, but I don't know, growing up in my faith, I had this kind of thing where it was like, oh, you know, we can't let the world influence us. We have to hide away from the world. We have to be careful that the world doesn't creep into our faith. And it's like, run into church and pull up the drawbridge so, you know, that we're safe and, and don't let the world get into us. But I think, like, we've got to flip that on its head and go, come on, we've got to influence the world yes. that we're in. We've, yeah. got to, we've got to stop, you know, shrinking back for fear that the world's going to encroach mm. in our lives and take us over because we're not strong enough to resist. Yeah. We have the living God Almighty yes. in us, yeah. and we can stand on there, and we can actually step out and influence. I don't, I, I don't know if he's here tonight, but I encouraged someone this week. I saw a, a Facebook post of someone that was really passionate about community transformation, I said, you know, come on, step into politics, get into, mm. like, look into getting into, involved in the local city council board where you can actually influence change. And we've got to look at that level, I think. We've got to start looking at ourselves as ambassadors yes. that we can actually, yeah. like yeah. you say, um, step into these King Neb's um, field and sort of, like, have a bit of influence. <laughs> yeah. Can I just share a super cool story just from this week alone, actually, on this stuff? Um, there's 
people within this room that um, signed up and have served at the Red Fro- as Red Frogs at um, Addington Raceway and record and race events. So there's over 32,000 people within our city who were at these events. People took time off work to come and give up a, a day and come and volunteer and cook pancakes and hand out water. And um, the conversations and stuff that came with that and the way that they um, handled themselves with so much integrity and so much influence has opened up significant conversations with us um, for us within the city and mm. is getting us invited to tables into these conversations to the extent that even yesterday one of the um, com- one of the senior commanders in the police came to me and asked if we um, could, if our team could meet up for coffee with him this week because as he's influencing the new citywide plan mm. he wants us to have a voice at the table wow. around that stuff wow. and I'm yeah. like, that's, I'm not, I don't know what's going to come of that, but that has, that has purely come from the way that people have, yeah. have faithfully yeah. served. And he has been watching that over the years and gone, actually, these guys, mm. you know? People take notice. Yeah, and yeah. I'm like, cool. man, actually, here's, here's a really practical level where they have gone into these spaces where, it's, you know, you guys have seen the pictures. You guys know the cultures of what that place is. But they've gone in to be a positive presence and to love people well mm. in those spaces. Yeah. And the way that they have served and um, you know, just continuously and faithfully serve people has caught the attention of, you know, significant yeah. people within the city. And I'm like, that's 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 this yeah. stuff. I'm yeah. like, this yeah, is exciting. Daniel, yeah. This is amazing. Cool. This is super cool. cool. Awesome. Well, on that note, I think we'll finish up. We're out of time. So, Simon, do you want to lead us back into yeah. the next song? Cool. Thank you. Can we give a hand to our awesome panel tonight?